0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Bro Brodude, and today, as promised, we have the second half of the episode that I recorded with Turn from Celtic's Twitter earlier in the week, and this part we talked all about real hooping. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm a big fan of real hoopers in the NBA in general. They're my favorite kind of archetype of player, but today we talked about the other side of the argument, which was essentially... The poster child for real hooping in the modern NBA, which is Mr. Ball Don't Stop. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm obsessed with this guy. He's quite the character. And we talked a little bit about where maybe his philosophy falls short. And we can see the other side of the argument a little bit better with the calculator boys, the efficiency boys, the analytics boys. It was a lot of fun. We discussed our favorite hoopers of all time. We discussed our favorite hoopers currently in the NBA. And we just discussed real hooping in general. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you are able to, I hope that you can join us in one week from today on Thursday, November 18th. We will be live streaming the podcast at the Henry James Saloon in Roxborough during the Sixers Nuggets game. Hopefully the team is back by then and we can enjoy the game together. You can come out. You can hop on the mic. You can spit some takes. You can drink some beers, have some food. It's going to be a really good time. It's free to get in. And if this is a success, I don't know why I stumble over that line every single time I record, but if it is a success, we will continue to do it in the future. So please come out and support if you can. If you can't, if you're not in the area or you just, it's not your thing, that's fine too. Just please consider donating to The Square to support the podcast so that I can keep the podcast free. They don't have to paywall anything. I really, really appreciate everyone who's supported so far. I haven't gotten donations in a while, but that's fine. I, I, I don't expect to get them every single week. It's completely fine, but if you can donate anything, $5, $2, whatever it is, I would really appreciate it. If you haven't given us reviews on the platforms yet that you listen to your podcast, I would appreciate that as well. Right now we have 89 five-star reviews or just reviews in general on Apple. And that helps us move up the charts, gets more visible, and helps the podcast continue to grow. So once again, thank you everyone for the support. All the links are below in the link tree, and I really appreciate you. I know I say this every week, but I mean it. so thank you.
1: work you like to work. In December, my bitch came up at ankle with her mama, was her dead. And when I'm in the mid, she say I let you fan my dog had me that cup tail like candy beef. My dog outland low ain't bring no laws out serving on a rock. Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flippin' in the car, still shooting at carts.
0: We're going to be talking about pure hoopers. The rest of the podcast will be dedicated to the purest of hoopers. And we will talk a little bit about the icon of pure hooping, real hooping, whatever you want to call it. Bucket getters, problems, issues, which is Mr. Ball Don't Stop. Okay, so Ball Don't Stop is a character that I have been infatuated with on Twitter for about a year now. And a lot of people that follow me on Twitter know him as the guy who essentially comes up with these like – Poet Laureate things about pure Hoopers, but they're essentially just like him repeating the same thing over and over. Like he'll be like his post game is so crisp. His back to the basket game is so good. His on on the block. He get with the realist of Hoopers. My favorite is like he'll go into these long rants and he'll he'll have he'll have no direction that he's going with he'll kind of just like let it flow like a pure hooper like a real hooper but for podcasting and he'll just be like every night going against the toughest defenses generational player and he'll just like mix and match words together until it comes into this like beautiful (laughs) Horrible rant that makes literally word no sense. Salad. It's essentially just word salad, but about real hoopers that makes literally no sense. It's, yeah, it's like remember when like 10 years ago when like white guys would get on YouTube and like uh, do the m M&M impersonation thing where they would be like ribbity-rappity, skippity-scappity. awfully
1: hot coffee pot. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, Fall on Stop is the awfully hot coffee pot of the
1: NBA, essentially. And um, oh my God. You know he, what drives me nuts about that? What's that? Is that in. So, we and you have had DM discussions about this when we were, uh, you know, planning our pod. And one of the things that drives me fucking crazy about that is that in basketball, there's so many people that think it needs to be one way or the other. Like, you know, Marlo from The Wire, like, you thought it was one way, but it's the other way. And they think. I'm a calculator boy and I test doesn't matter. And only thing that matters is crunching numbers. And then you have the other side. That's like numbers don't mean shit. I don't care if someone goes three for 25, like their dribble moves were crisp. And it's like, it doesn't need to be that way. And yes. then also what really bothers me too, is that this guy, this fucking jackass is like, because I'm the, I've always been the play both sides. I love both of it. Like I love the art of basketball. And I also love the graphs of basketball. And it's like, at least when the guys are just calculator guys, at least they sound like intelligent about what they're talking about. Like, even if I think like, Hey man, you should watch the games too. And they're like, no, but I did this. At least they have like some data when you're just saying his post game is crisp. Why is it crisp? Tell me why. Like you can describe how good a basketball player is without using any numbers. If you know what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. I I think
0: that a lot of the quote unquote, well, he calls them efficiency boys. He calls them casuals and efficiency boys. Basically, they have at least learned the language to learn how to sound smart when they talk about basketball, even if they don't necessarily watch all the games and they can understand how to get by in a conversation. Whereas with the real Hoopers, it's the I test stuff is like I test is 100 percent important. I'm not saying that it isn't. But the thing that I've been trying to figure out with this is the fact that it's like, He, he essentially is like starting, like (laughs) what I would say is like an NBA culture war, (laughs) which is like,
1: nah, The the tolerant left.
0: Yeah, literally, he is the he's the uh, online right wing version of uh, an NBA fan, and and everything that he says is fact, and everything that anyone who's ever looked at the failing lying basketball index. <laughs> it's very sad what they're doing over
1: at best- Basketball nasty, Reference. Very very nasty stuff on Basketball <laughs> Reference. Yeah, they don't reference anything.
0: Um, com horrible website
1: horrible website folks uh, but like low, face- energy, low energy Ben Taylor <laughs> I love Ben Taylor by the way he's my favorite guy on earth
0: Ben's the goat I love Ben but Ben does the, the he does both that's well, the thing that's
1: that Ben. Is, ben he will he ben makes- is a, hold on Ben is a
0: centrist when it comes to this
1: yes no no he's great Ben yeah he's a centrist um, <laughs> he's yeah he's, um, he's Joe Biden but um <laughs> The Joe Biden of basketball he would he would love that. No, but the cool thing about Ben is his like his greatest peak series is my favorite basketball related content I ever watched because he will show eight straight minutes of film and especially how he doesn't only use makes. He shows a lot of stuff where a guy was had very great footwork, had a perfect release and it missed, but he was like but you can see that the talent's there. Right. I was like that's and like that's fucking genius you know like why does anyone why do people always just use makes why don't you ever use like missed or, or like passes that were dimes but didn't go in right and it's like and then he'll and then he'll drop some graphs in cuz he'll be like cuz i think the best way to do it is hey watch basketball and then look at this graph to explain what you're watching absolutely <laughs> could contextualize it one of the reasons that like seriously like i'm not even doing a bit right now it has at times i try to you know, be better about it. But it has at times even been a point of contention in my household with, um, my lovely, um, girlfriend whose ear is to the door probably. But I mean, like, you know, like there's like, I'm a, like, I'm such a basketball sicko that like, you know, I'll watch the game and I'll record it. And like, so I'll watch the game and I'll get my tweets off and I'll be funny. And I'll be like, Oh, like Tatum Ellis over here. But then right after the game, she's like, can we watch real housewives? And I'm like, I just got to rewatch it now. And I got to watch off the ball. And right, she's like, but you just watched the game. Well, that, right?
0: You're another level of sicko. I just want to say.
1: And then I'm like, well, you know, so I just watched the game and I watched Tatum take his dings. But like now, I need to see how Jalen cuts. I need to see how Al positions himself. The game, there's two games going on, and what a lot of people when they bring up the eye test, I'm like, the eye test is great. Your eyes suck. Yeah, right. That
0: well, that's the thing with with the ball don't stop Hooper brain is what I will call it. It's essentially. And everything is on the ball. The on the ball is all that matters. Moving off the ball doesn't matter. Cutting doesn't matter. Re- relocating. The, on defense, offense, basically the best defenders are the are, are the on-ball defenders that get in guys' grills and hustle really hard and look like they're trying incredibly hard without taking any sort of nuanced approach to how they watch basketball from all the things that you're talking about.
1: Which is really funny too because the poster boy for Balls Don't Stop right? is – is, of course, Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah, I mean, he's literally – Ball Don't
0: Stop has him as the greatest basketball player of all time over MJ and LeBron.
1: Sure, whatever. But, like, (laughs) one of the things that always – that really always stuck in my side is, like, okay. So they bring up Kobe Bryant. And it's like, you know how I know they don't know shit? Because they'll be like, oh, yeah, like Kobe was a warrior killer instinct, And I'm like, you know when the best Kobe years ever were – 08 to 10 when he started playing off the ball and started trusting his teammates and developed the post game and had the footwork. like right. They're like, oh, the 81 point game. The 81 point game is probably like the 50th best game of his career. Like yeah, Kobe in like the 09 playoffs and shit, you go back and watch those when he was like, oh, wow, I don't need to take, you know, a million contested threes every single game. Like I can let Trevor Ariza, like I can pass to him in the corner. I can let a secondary ball handler. Like when Kobe learned how to cut, and learn how to play off ball. Like I thought he was a much better player. And it's like, you can even talk about your favorites like that. Like if Kobe Bryant's your fucking favorite player and you want to talk about him, why does it only have to be the time when he dribbled, you know, dribbled the air out of the ball and hit the back iron. It's like, you know, there was plenty of times when he did really good stuff on the court. He was really efficient. And for some reason that stuff is like there, I think they probably think that's lame Kobe or some shit. And well, I'm like, well, uh,
0: Well, also, one of the things that that people that are like just specifically when you talk about like the efficiency boy thing, which is what he likes to call calculator boys, people that spreadsheets and graphs uh, addicts, he will talk about the fact that like people just say Kobe is not as good as he is because he wasn't uh, necessarily efficient. And the majority of people that read graphs and do the, the calculator boy shit. They
1: understand that every era is different and that oh, you have yeah, to know Kobe Bryant is not efficient compared to Steph Curry, but no one is. Right. Um, and also for you have to change for the era. And like I've literally watched videos of him. Plus, of course, I use yeah. only use I would never I would never in a million years dream of citing raw true shooting percentage.
0: Right. To- if you look back at the early to mid 2000s the f- the the numbers were horribly inefficient for even and for the best
1: and TMAC are like the three most efficient volume scores of that era. of that yeah. era. and it's like dude if you actually paid attention to any of these stats you would be you would be thrilled at the results but no they they don't right and 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 that seems to be where this divide comes where
0: it's like like all of the things that you're saying is true. It's like you can be you could be a bucket at a problem and also contribute to winning, which is uh, a big part what of he what
1: did he did when he learned how to play off the ball. Those Exactly. The, 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 like I said, the 08 and 09, two best years of his career. And but they all they for some reason think that he was like robbed of every accolade of all time in 07. And I'm like, he was a selfish player in 07. He was a great teammate in two thousand nine. I don't really see like I just wanna I wanna read their brain. I wanna like understand why they don't think <laughs> that playing a team game makes you better. I mean, it's been proven time and time throughout history that ben like went, the best year of his career was when he is the best success he ever had. And I know it's you know, playing with the Warriors, so there's a little bit of like a grain of salt here. But from a personal standpoint, you know, Kevin Durant went from best scorer in the NBA on above league average efficiency to best scorer in the NBA shooting like 70 fucking percent true shooting when he was like, hey, I can cut and play off the ball with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and not Russell Westbrook. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something that uh,
0: I, I think that that's where we're we're a bit closer to the middle when it comes to the conversation, because I like the aesthetics of the game. I like when someone's a pure hooper. Like, I mean, obviously, I watch the Sixers, so anyone that can dribble and shoot is like literally well, are God valuable to me. Make- they, they're not not valuable. What? No, absolutely. Especially in the modern NBA. Like, I mean, uh, the, having got uh, several guys that could create their own shot and get buckets is incredibly valuable, specifically during the playoffs.
1: Like, Yes. One of the things that actually is a point of contention with me and some of my fellow stat guys is like, we're getting along and we're, we're riffing about all these stats or whatever. But then, like, you know, someone will come up that's, like, some, like, 19-year-old raw prospect that puts up, like, 7, 5, and 4. And they're like, man, look at that stat variety. Like, this guy's a problem. But then, like, you know, there's a guy who isn't, like, the best passer or, like, really gets rebounds. But he can get you, like, 25 a night. And it's like, oh, volume scoring. That grows on trees. And it's like, it really doesn't. Like, Not at all. Like, 25 points in the NBA. That's why I've always – um. One time. Okay. Uh, Shabazz Napier. Uh, do you remember him? Love him. Shabazz Napier is from Roxbury, Massachusetts. Yeah. And, um, I used to watch him play at, uh, the park in Mattapan all the time. He would, he would just be like playing one on five, like dunking on grown men, everything like incredible player like that. And it's like, you know, you see things like that. Like he was a bucket getter. He couldn't do anything else, but he's a bucket getter. And, there were guys from the neighborhood or whatever that he played with in like high school that could do like there was good defenders, there was good passers. He's the guy that everyone looks up to because he's their buckets. And there was a great that goes into I remember one time, your favorite guy of all time, Bill Simmons, when he did that six part series with Kevin Dart, Remember when he did the six part series with KD? The interview no, I, series? I, I've actually never heard that. I gotta go back and listen to it. He did a he did a huge like him and KD, he's KD's been on his podcast a million times. And they did a series where they talked. And there was one time where he was like, you know, you're kind of like weird because you're one of like these bucket getters, but you're actually like really good. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, well, you know, like, I feel like all the guys like in the NBA, they're like, man, like, you know, they look up to Chris Paul. They look up to like, whatever. They look up to Larry Bird. They They look up to Magic. And he was like, oh, no, man. Like, he was like, all the guys in the league, like there are guys that have a 10 to one assist ratio to a turnovers. And there are guys who play lockdown defense and they all want to be mellow. Yeah. I know that, that, that is the, the disparity is that, and I do think that like, what they don't want to be Rudy Gay. They fucking, the players love Rudy Gay. The players loved Kevin Martin. Like Mello, Martin. the most stand player currently. And now that Kobe like is dead. I think that Carmelo is probably like the most beloved by other players player on earth. Oh, absolutely. And like
0: DeMar DeRozan's another guy that constantly comes up in these conversations. Yeah, they and, hate these guys. And th- that matters like players saying that other players are good and respecting their game. Is and, hard. Yeah, it's literally and I say this all the time. It's like you might look at advanced stats and say, "Oh, well, because what people get mad at with advanced stats is they look at it and they go, "Wait, how is Joe Ingles the 20th best player in the NBA?" And DeMar DeRozan is like the 130th or whatever. And I'm like, you have to take into context what's happening here because DeMar DeRozan is doing the hardest job in the NBA, which is being the primary creator for a team. Unless you are James Harden, Steph Curry, one of these primary creators that has insane scoring efficiency. Every time you're on the court, you're lifting the entire team up around you something like that, these stats aren't going to look at you as as flowery as they would if you're a DeMar DeRozan or someone who isn't quite nearly as good as those guys. The other, it doesn't mean they're bad players.
1: I mean, as Ben Taylor always says all-in-one impact metrics. They measure impact. They don't measure goodness. Right. They measure like, impact. Well, perfect. In the, the,
0: the, the, Joe, the Joe Ingles example is like, I like Joe Ingles. He's a very good player, but like Joe Ingles is largely playing off the ball. Joe Ingles is doing little things. He's a role player and he's very, very good at being a role player, Well, no one is the poster boy for this. Now Mike, Mike Bridges. Yeah. He's the poster boy for it. Yeah.
1: He's incredibly beloved he like, by advanced. stats. very good player, but you know ultimately is, is people get their expectations fucked up. When like they look at like the BPM thing too, and they're like, "Oh my God, Zach Levine only had a four BPM," and it's like, "Well, because you're comparing him to Jokic with a thirteen BPM, it's like that's not supposed to happen." The the guys that have ten BPMs are the outliers, right. um, historically if speaking. you look at the, I mean, I'm not even saying it's a perfect stat, but it's a good jumping off point. And if you look at the, you know, if you look at Basketball Reference, they have a scale on there, and like people are like oh my God, like, you know, like this guy I like is only a 3.7. And I'm like, that's an amazing player because the average player in the NBA is a negative two.
0: Right, exactly. And and the b- majority of players in advanced stats are neutral to negative players.
1: Yes, like you look at the top, uh, they have a scale on there where it's like negative two is the average player. A zero is a quality rotation piece. A right. two is a good starter. A four is an all-star. A six is an all-NBA an eight is an MVP and a 10 is like generational once in a lifetime type season. And they'll be like, even that too. Like, yeah, they'll be like, once again, to bring up Kobe, I remember people were like, well, this stats obviously fake for his career. Kobe only grades out at a 6.2. And I'm like, so he grades for his entire career. He played at an all NBA level. And you think that's bad. Right. Oh, like, yeah, he, do you think that that means he sucks like
0: fringe MVP candidate for his entire career, basically, unless you have one of those seasons where Jokic is just breaking numbers and Steph is breaking numbers and shit like that.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, they look at it and they're like, Oh, so, or yeah, Allen Iverson was a 4.9 for his career. And it's like, so yeah, once again, he's ever so present. <laughs> from the day he stepped on the court to the day he retired, he's an all NBA candidate. Like, right. like sounds good to me. Like yeah, pretty good player for his entire career. Basically, people don't take these into like, in case they see LeBron, who LeBron for his career is like a nine point two, and it's like, yeah, LeBron being twice as good as AI, that makes sense to me. Yeah, literally, I don't think any. That's not an insult, Allen Iverson. If I was half as good at LeBron James at anything, I'd be a billionaire.
0: (laughs) Seriously, by by the way, I just want to put this out. Ball don't stop. My favorite thing about Ball don't stop is when he gets obsessed with players, and he'll talk like Tobias Harris, who is a good player. Tobias Harris is a good. Solid player. He's a real hooper, either. But that's the thing is that, and this is something that I've had a hard time with. He's not a great because- ball handler, is he? No, no. I mean, he's what? Like, he doesn't have much shake or craft to his game, which is really the reason why he struggles in the playoffs, is because he doesn't have the shiftiness of some guards or forwards, or he doesn't have the ability to just, like,
1: well, create he all the bad parts of the real Hooper the long twos and bad efficiency, and none of the bag.
0: It, essentially, he, he could. Uh, what, who did he compare him to? Alan Houston, I think he said. Uh, which well, that's, I, that's
1: ridiculous. I don't, I don't even remember. a really good player.
0: So. So he, that is kind of where the real Hooper thing – I don't think there's one thing you can say to like categorize a real Hooper. Like to me, a real Hooper is just like a vibe. Like because – because like some people would be like, well, it's just guys who get buckets like Jamal Crawford or like uh, – uh, Monte Ellis, or like so, these guys that throughout history have just been kind of like pure bucket getters. But I can't my, tell you my
1: definition after you. I want to hear yours.
0: But my thing is like Trey Young's a bucket, and like he, absolutely, yeah, Trey Young is a problem, and he's a real hooper. But he's also like a fucking wizard passer, and. In order to, like, categorize these guys, I really think that there's, like, a large range of what a real Hooper can be. But the majority of them just have, like, flashy games. They get buckets. But also, they can have other elements of their game. And sometimes their game just looks so cool, even if they're not big scorers. Like, Karis LaVert is a guy I always use as an example of, like, he's not even that much of a, like a big-time scorer or anything. He just has, like, and He's one mixtape. on the
1: Celtics, the last game before the, before the season ended. <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I'll never forget that's what started COVID. He dropped 51 against us, and then the season ended. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Rudy Gobert and Karis LeVert did COVID is what we're trying to get at here. But,
0: like, basically, if you have the flashiness to your game, you have the craft to your game, and you have the, just like, the look of a star, you can also be categorized as a real hooper. Like,
1: Okay, I don't hate that. Because I I have a list. I have a list of
0: guys. We'll get into our list. Um, I feel a bit different than you, though. Okay, I want I want to hear your definition of real Hooper right after I give you the top ten players of all time according to Ball Don't Stop.
1: Okay, number one time, like not the top ten best players of all time. He's saying all all time, and I just want to react in the moment or after. What's that? Do you want me to react in the moment or after you could, you
0: could react in the moment. You could do whatever you would like uh, the top 10 basketball players of all time. According to ball, do By the way, he hasn't released his top 75 list yet, but this is something that he I'm tweeted. Still working
1: around. on mine too. And I do want to say the NBA is disgusting, not for their list itself, for how quickly they did it out. I think if you are thoughtful and you really care about what you're saying, it should take a long time. And they put that list out in like two weeks. And I find that offensive to someone who really, really gives a shit about what I say about basketball. Like when I'm not trolling and when I'm not making jokes about Jason Ellis and when I'm not tweeting during the games, like when I'm in the lab, I take it extremely seriously to the point that I've restarted the list 10 times. So arrest Adam Silver. It means uh, it, it means a lot to me. Like I'm it, I'm being dead serious. It means a lot to me. So I want to hear his list. I'm, I'm serious, serious too. We should arrest Adam Silver. Um, all right. So <laughs> Uh
0: so um not Sops 10 greatest players of all time. Number 10, Carmelo Anthony.
1: All right, uh, okay. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> off to a, off to great side. <laughs> he did no. make, he's in my top 50 though. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, um, I, I love I love Melo. Number
0: yeah, nine, great. Uh, okay. number nine, Hakeem Olajuwon.
1: All right, no, that's fair. No, it's fair. Number eight, Dwayne
0: Wade. I love that pick because he's like my favorite player of all time. Lo- love Wade. Love me some Wade. Wade. I- I- I'll let but it. I'll I let it fly. fly. I'll let it fly. But I don't hate that. Number seven, Steph Curry. Love it. Yeah, I, right, I-, I right, think perfect. Steph's. I think Steph's top ten all time. Or right? I think I seven sport.
1: is 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 great. Yeah. Okay. So I don't hate the list as much as I thought. Number six is Tracy McGrady ambitious. I mean I loved it. T-Mac
0: was my first favorite player, so I have a very big bias. No, I
1: love T-Mac and he's probably somewhere in my top 30, but I mean ambitious, I, I'll say uh, top 10 trajectory. Yeah. I had the knees not given out, but oh like, this guy seems to be valuing uh, peak extremely high. like it's like yeah, 13 13 points in 30 seconds T-Mac number 7. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the number 7 all-time Tracy McGrady.
0: Uh Love it. Never got past – or no, number six. I'm sorry. One ahead of uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, It's funny when you say it like that. Number five, Kevin Durant. Love it. Love Durant. No, that's, Love it. that's great. That one's great. That's great. Number four, Allen Iverson. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm going to say <laughs> Iverson was the fourth best player of the all time.
1: Is, these are all great players, so it's not like I can clown on it. But, I mean, he just, I just feel like every – like three of the players he mentioned are fine. They're just like 15 spots too high. Right.
0: I totally agree. I, I
1: think that, like, it's something that you would expect. It's
0: The funny one to me is the fact that, okay, then the top three are just LeBron, MJ, Kobe. So, yes, I mean, you would expect that. I don't think that anyone would be shocked by that.
1: But the one – the yeah. outlier is Hakeem. Yeah. Like, on a list, it feels like he threw him in for credibility. <laughs> right, it's like okay. So Tim Duncan
0: definitely is not up there. Kevin Garnett, guys, that because because he doesn't magic. <inaudible> or, or well, I, I was going to say he doesn't think basketball existed before 1990, according to this list.
1: <laughs> but I mean, a- Akeem is, a, is from the same draft class as Jordan. Like, come on. True, true,
0: but they both peaked in the 90s.
1: Well, no, no yeah, no, I, they they, right. they both yeah they
0: both won titles in the 90s. And, no, yeah. I think they both peaked in the 90s. I'm fine. Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But um. But my my point more so is the fact that like this no list, <laughs> yeah, right, like like what the is the concern? Kareem die or <laughs> Kareem who was the original bucket, the original problem, no 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 nowhere it's to be found on this store, list. Or I mean, I guess it's just like pre uh, post MJ is the only thing that this guy cares about because MJ was the original real like the every player grew up wanting to be mj every player like you described earlier wanted to be the bucket getter guy and he was the greatest bucket getter guy of all time it, but also happened cool to be like his
1: guy the guy that jordan modeled his game after was david thompson oh i didn't even know that no so when, when jordan was a little kid um david thompson was like when, Jor- when jordan was about you know like 9 uh david thompson was at nc state he always said like The guy he modeled his game after was David Thompson, which is funny that this guy would pretend like, oh, Jordan, like ball didn't invent before Jordan. I'm like, Jordan, you know, modeled his game after a guy that's 15 years older than him.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely. uh, This guy doesn't know
1: what the fuck he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty much. That's pretty much the
0: synopsis of ball don't stop's whole existence is
1: is the wild card in there. Like he does the All the rest of the players fit. Like yeah, they're all here. athletic. They're all athletic insane shooters
0: or scorers. Like they all curious, are. If he was
1: going to go with a big, like I
0: mean Dirk could have worked. Yeah, uh although Dirk is European, there are no European players on this list. He he's that's the other thing about the the real hooper shit is that like is not a real hooper, I guess, because he's oh, from he's Europe. He's
1: definitely a real hooper.
0: I mean, I don't think most people would consider they would uh, Rashad Phillips says he's a basketball player. So he's a,
1: he's a moron. <laughs> because my, my definition of real hooper that i was going to say and i've gotten flack for it but like, fuck if i care you know what i mean like go you know put it in the box of suggestions that i'm not going to read all right like you know you know what i mean like, i get i get flack every single day on this website you think you're going to stop me now um no but my thing about real hoopers to me is it's always been it's not a play style it's a mindset and i've always considered real hoopers to be guys that like on the fly can adapt, like can make shit happen out of nowhere. Like you put them anywhere and they're going to play their game. Like they feel comfortable in who they are. They can make, they can take over games like Jokic real hooper. Yeah. Like why does it need to just be, I have a good dribble package. Like it it should be. Like And that's the thing. All the real hoopers still fit into that. Jamal Crawford could make shit happen on the fly. And he was comfortable playing his game. So he's a real hooper, but you know what Kevin Garnett is too. Kevin Garnett, you put him anywhere, he's going to play his game. I think that the guys who aren't real hoopers are like the system player. Like, like Joe Ingles isn't a real hooper because he doesn't really have a game. Right. Like anyone that has their own unique flair to the game where they can bring it no matter, like in a YMCA gym all the way to game seven of the NBA finals, to me that's a real hooper. Like a guy that like I love basketball, I have my game, I'm going to do out there, I'm going to take over the game. And I think that that's a way better description than just, like, you know, I, I fucking shoot a contested shot. like
0: Right. I, I take long twos. I, I cross guys a, up. I do. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I agree. That's what I was saying earlier. It's, a, it's like a vibe. Like, it, it's not really, like, something that you can, like, 100% classify just based on, like, a skill set of – of like here are a few things because like people will talk about like – and I'll go down my list of the best hoopers in the NBA right now and I didn't include the Jokic's, the Giannis's, the guys who I think are like incredible players. I didn't even include Steph because I think that when people talk about the people that are on these lists, you'll see the kind of player that I'm – talking about we're going to go with ball don't stops criteria and that's why when i when i get to do my top 10 let's let's do your let's do your top 10 hoopers of all time as the the resident historian on this podcast tell me your top 10 hoopers of all time
1: all right so i i didn't because i'm confident in myself and because real hoopers don't prep uh practice we're talking about practice man (laughs) i i wrote nothing down i took no notes i'm going straight off just the millions and millions of hours of youtube film in my head but I decided to go with it, not with my fancy definition of guys who do that. I'm gonna go with it with the Hezzy Jimbo spinning around guy. I'm just gonna do that because I want to give them a shout out. Love it. So my top ten guys, and uh, I'm also limiting it to no one that has like any accolades. Fair enough. That's actually like, a really good qualifier. Like, I'm not putting like no. When I say six man of the year, most improved player, all rookie team, those are fine. No all star, no all NBA, no all defense, no MVP okay um okay number 10 swaggy p (laughs) um like i just think like really down to the wire like that guy embodied hoop yeah 100 percent number nine i I mean like i don't really have that much like what more can be said about swaggy p
0: i mean he's just kind of self-explanatory
1: he is uh, a absolute bucket absolute problem so and I, i i did want to make it no accolades to make it harder for me, like hey, you know, to make it so Like we don't need to hear Tracy McGrady and Alan Iverson for the millionth time. Right. Um, okay. So number nine, Swaggy Pete. Don't, don't take this, this ranking too seriously. They're all number one in my heart. Um, <laughs> number nine, Lou Will. Of course. Number. Okay. I'll, uh, uh, by it. the way, I just want to say two Sixers legends up top. Love it. Cool thing about Lou Will is he exclusively plays for dope cities. He does, yeah. He just signs, like, hey, you know what? I think like it'd be kind of cool to party in Toronto with Drake for a year and then be like, I think I want to, like, you know, like go like chill, like, I want to go chill in Philly. Like, he'll never sign, but you, you talk it off for him a max deal. And he, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'd be like, nope, no, uh, you have to have strip clubs with good wings or else I'm not signing.
1: And once again, I cannot stress enough, this list is not in order because real hoopers don't believe in rankings. And real That's hoopers. That's right. This yeah. is just 10 guys who come to my mind because once We're not the- calculator boys. I don't believe in numbers. So, um, number, the, the one that looks like a snowman, I don't know numbers. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm going to throw Kevin Martin on there. Love it. And Kevin Martin. Uh, I have to say when I was growing up, my three favorite players on earth, growing up, growing up as in like a tyke, you know, like a little, a little, a little child running around my backyard. It was, uh, Dwayne Wade, Rudy Gay and Kevin Martin. Uh, that's which did irreparable damage to my basketball brain. But <laughs> Kevin Martin, and I actually do want to speak on Kevin Martin real quick. He is the one of the ultimate players that no one ever talks about when it comes to, you know when people talk about guys that were born too soon or born too late? Yes. He was born about 12, 13 years too early. And the reason why I say that is because his game would have thrived today because he was one of the first people ever to be like, what the fuck is a mid-range? I take threes, layups and free throws. He was a more he was a calculator boy before it was but before without, that was the term.
0: But without knowing that yeah, you're that's it. the that's the realist of Hooper is that he didn't even think about it.
1: No, you sh- you really go back to his high scoring seasons, his 25, 24 PPG years. He never made an All-Star team? Nope. Wow, the West. Well, the West. Uh, you had Kobe penciled in. Oh, right. You had, yeah. You mean you always have to think. It's you know, it's the Mike Conley corollary. Like when there's right. too many good wings in in the league at one time, it's impossible to crack. Like he was never getting in over Kobe, Mello. and yeah. um, I'm trying to think who else in the late 2000s in the West. Ray Allen for a bit with the Sonics. Like it was just a different time. But um, no, he was really, really cool when you look back at his thing because. He like look at his like his three point and free throw rates and it's like this all this guy was like, why would I take a long two when I could step back? Why and he shot like forty one percent from three. We're not I was gonna
0: four. say he was an incredibly efficient three point score. This makes sense that Daryl Morey would be obsessed with him then because no, he got he's him on
1: great player who actually David Brandon, do you know David Brandon? NBA I, Bird writes on Twitter, he's the yes, Oklahoma yes, City fan with the uh, Okay. Love that guy. Me and him talk about all the time. He once told me that the Harden trade, he didn't hate it only because uh, he thinks the 2014 Thunder team was the best team they ever put together strictly because they didn't need a third-lead ball handler. They needed an off-ball shooter like Kevin Martin and that Kevin Martin unlocked something with Kevin Durant. I don't know how, like, scientific that is, but (laughs) that at least speaks to his abilities. Yeah, I mean, if you go from...
0: uh, Well, I mean, James Harden didn't really have his breakout until he was in the starring role in Houston.
1: But, like, yeah, like, instead of having a third, you know, primary ball handler, now you have this guy who shoots 45% from the corner. And it's like that... No, In theory, yeah. In theory, if he didn't trade away a future MVP, then yeah. (laughs) No one ever thinks about this either, too. I'm spending a lot of time on Kevin Martin, but Kevin Martin, no one ever brings it up. The rip-through rule... In 2009, 10. It was the rule where, you know, it's kind of like how now they got rid of like the, the James Harden foul baiting. Right. We got rid of another rule in 2009, 2010 called the rip through rule, which is when, you know, you'd go up for the pump fake and go to shoot and then you'd get their arms tangled with the defender and then you'd shoot it. So that way you get the foul every single time. Yep. Two guys, It's it's known in some circles as the Kevin rule because the two guys that did it were Kevin Durant and Kevin Martin. I didn't realize that he was the other Kevin that was uh, because well, of that. They, bo- they both took like 553 throws that year and they said, no more of this. So, <laughs> um, okay, Kevin Martin. Hey, Okay, number seven, I'm going to throw Rudy Gay. Um, Rudy Gay is a barbershop Hall of Famer. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, if you've ever been in – if you've ever lived in a city, so this doesn't apply to anyone that, you know, goes to like super cuts – but if you've ever lived in like a city like Boston, Philly, Chicago, L.A., you live somewhere where there's people of various backgrounds that all go and hang out at a barbershop and like, you know, they might give you like a fucking Corona and you sit around and like people are playing with hair picks and stuff. And you're sitting in there. No one in there has ever brought up. Um, anyone who's ever averaged an assist, they, <laughs> love, they love the, the 24, one and one stat line And Rudy Gay for years, especially in my, in my Boston, in my, uh, I went to a, a, a barbershop in the Caribbean part of Dorchester in Boston that they were infatuated with Rudy Gay, especially because he played on the grit and grind Grizzlies where he was probably scoring close to 50% of their points. And they were just like, man, like this guy's unstoppable. Like, why, like, man, like I can't, like, they just need another scorer around him. But he looked really good because he played with the four best defenders on earth. And then he didn't have to play defense and he could just shoot. But um, Rudy Gay is a, he was born too late. Now him and Kevin Martin are opposites. He was born too late because he didn't like to shoot threes. And I think that if Rudy Gay had come out in like 1991 instead of 2006, I think, you know, it would have been a, a definitely a multiple-time all-star like with the long twos and the finishing.
0: He had such a flashy game too, but like the the advanced stats always were they did not like him.
1: He did have a breakout year one year where he bought into the grit and grind Grizzlies defense and started like scoring like on like 47% where he had like a 3.5 BPM. And it's like, you know what? Like I was proud of him. I thought he was on the upswing and then he got traded to Toronto when he picked up some bad habits from, from DeMar. <laughs> and, um, but number six okay mm-hmm. number six um i will i mean i i want to give jamal crawford a big shout out i feel like i'm not my funny thing is my list is almost backwards i'm burying the lead with all the good guys and like number <laughs> one i'm gonna have to be like i mean you have to hand it to isaac bonga but um <laughs> right with, for alston skip to my lou you know what i'm gonna put him on there at some point but uh jamal crawford who a, t- a totally awesome thing that no one cares about is he is far and away the all-time leader in four-point plays. He is. It's it's interesting because that's something that
0: really did not happen during – like it happens way more commonly now when they change the landing rule so that basically you have to give the shooter space. And like four-point plays are pretty common. Like they happen – maybe once or twice a game now, I feel like. And there might not be stats to back that up. But it feels that way. Whereas during Crawford's era, that was not the case at all.
1: No, he was an exceptional um, follow baiter before that was a thing. Also, the thing about Jamal
0: Crawford is like he might be the peak. Like when you talked about that Kevin Durant, Bill Simmons conversation, Crawford is kind of like an – I, love him. They love him so much. And I talked about this the other day. Which is like musically, I feel like there's a few musicians that like really get a ton of credit from other musicians and they get shit on by critics. And he's kind of like the basketball version of that.
1: Like people they like call him unc. they all go to his like they all go program. to Oregon. Yeah.
0: yeah. and like he is like the res- the most respected Hooper he's like, that all there those is. Hastemen. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't fall into when you made your, your um, categories, uh, you made your statistic, the bucket statistic, which was your own advanced stat. He actually, none of his seasons made the list. Right.
1: But no, it was interesting that he had a really high assist rate. I always thought of him as more of a, not a passer type, but like, I yeah. remembered he played low minutes.
0: Right, I I I I thought the same thing. I was surprised when you said that he had too many assists to qualify as a real hooper. But
1: well, that's because I originally was doing an under ten percent assist rate, which is fine if you're playing forty minutes. But he was playing, you know, twenty, and if those three assists in twenty minutes ends up being like a thirty percent assist rate,
0: he had a twenty percent assist rate for his career. He was a he was a better passer than
1: uh than I remember. No, yeah. So Jamal Crawford, absolutely, and um. I do want to – My favorite Jamal Crawford tidbit is Kawhi Leonard. Um, if you go to his Twitter page, he hasn't logged on. <laughs> he hasn't logged on in six years. So <laughs> he's a nor- he's he's way more normal than us. Yes, he he doesn't log on. He is he is not tapped in. But he actually, if you go in his thing, go look at the first tweet he ever liked, and I noticed it was in the twenty fourteen finals when he won Finals MVP. Jamal Crawford didn't add him because his Twitter didn't exist yet. So he tweeted that, that boy, Kawhi Leonard, cold man, dot, dot, dot. And then two hours later, Kawhi Leonard had a Twitter page and liked and retweeted it and followed him. And then never went on Twitter again. <laughs> the power of. Oh, and then he the- tweeted the deep fried picture of him and Obama, but. Right. Right. But the that's classic. The, the classic. Wow. I the mean, power of the the purest, the purest humor of all time. Like. It's to the point where a, de- a defensive player of the year, Hall of Famer, scoring efficiency legend is like, "Holy shit!" Jamal Crawford said something <laughs> nice about me, and it's like I don't think that's one thing that I think calculator boys do miss sometimes. There's a certain gravitas about certain players that no matter or inertia, where it's like no matter what you like, you can't calculate intangibles. Absolutely, that's and there are some players like Kyrie Irving once again for all the shit he does. Kyrie Irving is. They're borderline obsessed with him.
0: Yeah, because he has the, the the aesthetically pleasing game that every Hooper strives to have.
1: Ball like, on the string, magician.
0: Like literally the most coordinated, amazing bucket getter that you've ever seen in your life. And he's at least last year was the third best player on his team. Yeah. But I mean,
1: like, it's also that's a bit unfair. (laughs) On a, a, I
0: know, I know, obviously, they're that team is fucking staffers
1: ever. Um, But, uh, but but I just want to put Bill Paris and and um Lamarcus Aldridge, of course. Um, (laughs) But, like, I just want to put in
0: perspective: like, if you talk to someone who has this the hoop brain has like this this bucket getting mindset, Kyrie is like there is like Jordan, like you know, like he's not worse than James Harden.
1: I, I refer Alston is my number five. Just for the skip to my Lou is a great name, and also like that the dribble package there. Like you talk about a dribble package, um, like he's the evolution. He's what Kyrie evolutionized off.
0: Right. Absolutely. Like the Pokemon evolution <laughs> as a Hooper.
1: <laughs> um, but I don't have as much to say about him. I actually wanted the same. I wasn't going to say him until you brought him up, and I would feel remiss not to. But the next guy I'm going to talk about. Whoa, I hold on. Hold on. Ray. Uh, the thing about
0: Ray for Alston is that he's the only NBA player I can think of that was actually a part of the N1 mixtape tour, which is like the genesis of this.
1: That's true. I mean, I, I you know what? I haven't spent as, as much time as I should have like watching games of him, like all the rest of these guys I've spent thousands of hours of my life watching. And for some reason I, his career was cut a bit short. Yeah. So it's like, it's harder to find film of him, especially cause I was like four. Um, but, um, no, he did, at the very least he's an honorable mention and I, would be remiss to not say his name. Um, but the next guy is someone who I, I really, really, really have strong feelings about, uh, Ben Gordon. That's four. Oh, he's a people love Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon gave the Celtics fucking hell in 2009 um, when we were going for our quest to repeat. And, you know, everyone looks back and they're like, oh, the baby bulls, you know, Derek Rose, the fucking young dude who's hooping. And it's like, yeah, Derek Rose was was fine against us. But, like, you know, Rondo contained him a bit. It was Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon was flame throwing on Ray's ass. I can't believe that Ben Gordon never made an all-star team either. I, that one's baffling because he played in the Eastern
0: Conference. I was going to say, he played in a weak era of the Eastern Conference and he never once made an
1: all-star team? You average of, I got had mul- multiple fact. seasons over 20. What's that? I'm full of them. I got another baffling fact. Did you know So I did a project over the summer about rookie of the year and uh, expectations for rookies of the year, how people always think they got the next Jordan when... Oh, God. You're, I, I, I
0: can't relate to that, having Michael Carter Williams and Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah. So like, exactly. People are like, we have the rookie of the year, blah, blah, blah. So I did a thing where I compared their BPM as a rookie to their, how, uh, what the, you know, their, their peak BPM and all that shit. And like how many minutes they played like the accolades they got, blah, blah, blah. And Ben Gordon, I found out during that, I actually didn't know this. So I learned something new, which was nice. His rookie year, he won six man of the year, but he didn't win rookie of the year. Which I didn't know that. That sounds impossible. That would never happen. Now, no, I mean, like, because Emeka Okafor won Rookie of the Year that year, which is even more baffling. But whatever. Uh, The part about that is like, so this guy was, you know, six man of the year. So he's, uh, you know, one of the. That's a pretty big thing, you know, like six man of the year. But he's not. That doesn't make him the Rookie of the Year. Like, how how is that how is that possible? I've never heard that before. It just it just sounds it just sounds baffling that that would ever be a thing, but Ben Gordon, no, like a exceptional scorer before that knee went out, and just to like he was in a, he was also a uh, uh, you know like the, the way he shot threes too, like very before his time, like he was a pull up guy back then. It was like if you're you know you don't take a catch and shoot, it's back to the gallows for you. And yeah, like he, he was pulling
0: he, up. He was an insane shooter. I remember he was one of my favorite players when I was a teenager.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: he's, so that's you know, just another name that's just lost to history, though. Like no one ever talks about Ben Gordon unless you're obsessed with like who branch it.
1: So he is definitely on the list. Number three. Um, so I'm down to the wire here. I'm going to give a, a huge shout out to Al Harrington. I don't remember
0: Al Harrington all that
1: much. He, he was, was, was on the, pace, the Pacers, right? Um, Al Harrington was on the Pacers. He was also a Nick. Um, yes, yes. He was a golden state warrior. Um, and his thing was, he was like one of the original stretch fours. Like he was a guy who was like, yeah, like I'm six foot nine and stocky, but like, I'm to shoot it. And like at the time people were like, man, that guy's soft. He doesn't bang in the post. He doesn't do that. And now like he'd be getting a fucking max deal.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish
1: that I had more to add about Al Harrington, but I don't. Al Harrington was just like, um, also he had, he could dribble a bit. Like in those Knicks teams, he was on some Knicks teams that were, you know, bottom of the barrel floundering teams. And they were just like, we were going just like, they were signing 37 year old Penny Hardaway down bad. So they oh, were God. just like, go out and do whatever you want. And buddy, did he, buddy, <laughs> did he, um, so he needs to make the list. I Number one, even though I said this wasn't in order, when I say number one, it is he is the number one and embodies it. So just get ready. Number two. So I only got one more pick left before number one. And I, I've been mulling over it for a few minutes. Um, I almost said Michael Redd, and then I remembered that he made an all-NBA team and a all-star. I was going to say, yeah, I love, but love, him, love love Michael Redd. But I love Michael Redd. Um, I thought about hmm. I, then I thought about, you know, getting weird with it and being like Jordan Crawford. And then I was like, no, but he doesn't really he's not on this level. I thought about maybe perhaps a Catino Mobley. Um yeah, Tino Mobley was another Philadelphia legend. But I'm actually gonna go with Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Because recent, he was the, he was you know, we talked about evolution. He was basically a worse shooting IT. He was a dunking IT, a dunking IT. And he was incredible as a microwave, like just coming off the instant offense. And one of my favorite, like looking back, I think about it all the time. I have rewatched the game you brought up earlier where Kobe went six for 24 and they won. I've watched that game maybe 45 times in my life. Um, I watched it obviously the day it happened. I was in seventh grade. It was my last day of seventh grade and I cried my eyes out. And begged my mom not to let me go to school for the last day because I said, I just can't. Like, I, I was inconsolable.
0: I was hey, after the, hey, that was me after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots the, the first time. So,
1: yes, because then you guys did lose that second time, um, of course, when, you know, the score, <laughs> it was weird because you guys scored more points. But, 41 4133 don't remember it at all. No, it was weird cuz you guys scored more points but then Brady was hoisting the Lombardi. I don't <laughs> I, I never could figure that out. But um no, but I'm going with Nate Robinson because exp- and you know this is total uh confirmation bias. This is total just me being a biased Celtics fan, but you know what fuck you make your own list is what I'm going to tell the listeners. Um I'm going with Nate Robinson strictly because I always think we lost the 2010 finals because we didn't play him enough. <laughs> because the game we lost it was 83 to 79 and you know the final thing came down to Ron Artest free throws and Rajon missing a three. And it's like you know so we everyone always talks about how we didn't have perk, how we didn't have the carry on 40 piece wing ding all that bullshit. I think we lost because that team I mean look at that score that is a dog shit score for an NBA finals game 7. And Nate Robinson, just and one of those high energy, the second he pumps into the game, like, you know, momentum swinger type player, like could never play 35 minutes a night. But like you give him like 10 shots in 10 minutes and like you're cooking with gas. And I'm always like, why did we not like just start the second quarter with like Ray on the bench and just put him in there and just be like, yeah, man, go nuts. If
0: Nate Robinson plays over Ray Allen, the Celtics win the finals, folks. That's what you, you, You're, you're hearing for it the here whole first. Game.
1: Not for the whole <laughs> game. But, I mean, Ray was a methodical movement shooter, like, coming off screens, like, getting his spots. I think that a little bit of chaos would have helped. Kind of like why I think the Atlanta Hawks made such a run this year. You can't plan for chaos. No, 100%. I, I, I don't even – no, it's literally, I mean, it's
0: the Lou Williams effect. It's the thing that he came off the bench in that game five against the Sixers and the Sixers were up 30 and Lou Will just was like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking bring us back. They, and that, that is the, the realest Hooper thing that you can do in the middle of a fucking playoff game was, when you're losing by 30.
1: But um, no, like, I, I remember saying that all series. It's like, you know, when you're playing against a team with real expectations that have set goals it's like okay we can game plan like we know Kevin Durant's getting that last shot we know Kyle, we know James Harden's gonna you know go to the left side and pass like we know Chris Paul's going on the left elbow for a jumper when you're playing with like 17 20 year olds that are just like playing with house money who just like you know beat the Knicks and are just like hey man like we thought we were gonna win 20 games this year let's just let it fly like that's exactly awesome what you it was Game plan against that what are you nope. supposed to do yeah, it's so true, and it it
0: like the, the the Hawks team was like the embodiment of of just real hooping. Like they oh, really the real
1: were hooper squad of the year this year.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, and yeah. I I just want to bring up before you get into your number one, you're gonna trigger some Sixers fans that are listening to this. I just realized Nate Robinson had one of the most traumatic was responsible for one of the most traumatic. Uh, experiences in Sixers fandom history and they will bring it up every single year at the dunk contest in 2006 Nate Robinson won the dunk contest over Andre Iguodala and Iguodala should have won and anyone who's a Sixers fan that is older than 20 years old that is listening to this will swear by the fact that Andre Iguodala should have beat Nate Robinson, and he forever was hated by Sixers fans because of that. Which is funny because there was nothing in a game that he did to us specifically that I can think of. But I just, I just want to say that um, do the right thing, Adam Silver, and uh, restore Andre Iguodala's 2006 dunk contest championship that was stolen from him by the man because he was five foot nine. Sure. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> so okay. let's move on to your number one pure. I mean. Oh well, you can't do all stars. I was gonna say I know who it is,
1: but before I do number one, let's let's run through without saying anything about them. Just a few uh, guys who deserve at least an honorable mention who didn't have the body of work, but they embodied it. I want to just say, Josh Childress, you are immortal. Um, <laughs> Hakeem Warwick, you are immortal. Jeff Green is literally the embodiment of the average NBA player with sky high expectations who. I mean, I can't not comment on Jeff Green. Jeff Green would put up 37, 11, and 15 on one game and then score 3, 3, and 3 for the next 15 games, but his averages always look nice because of that one game. Um, Eddie Curry, you know, Jordan Farmer, all these guys. Martell Webster, Drew Gooden, like Larry Hughes. All these guys are great hoopers who deserve a shout out, but I would be remiss. Hell, I would ask for my credentials taken away. I would banish myself if I did not say, even though this list isn't numbered, this is numbered. It's J.R. Smith. Oh, absolutely. It's Earl. Just, just the king. Are you trying to get the pipe?
0: <laughs> the man himself. He he does not need any explanation. The There's
1: no introduction. The, the best moment of my entire basketball watching life as a Kevin Durant stan Celtics fan and noted LeBron James hater is um is of course <laughs> the timeout. The 2018 finals? Yes. And he, and he thought the he thought they were up and they could run out the clock and then they had to call the they had to they were like no 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 and LeBron was like, No, 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 no. They they tried to call the timeout screaming at him yeah the, the 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 realest hooper moment of all time in your when mind he took that when they took that win away from lebron where he you know 51 8 and 8 possibly the best game ever played by an individual basketball player in history and he was going to be immortalized like iverson as the guy who beat the unbeatable team once by himself yeah it all crumbled to shit because jr smith took it away from him and you know so that, that's why he's, he's number, number one like, I was sitting on my at the time. I still drank alcohol. I was sitting on the couch, and I I, I smashed a twisted tea over my head like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and went <laughs> and smoked a cigarette on my couch. I went fucking wild in that moment. I was like, that was the moment of that was a, my sports moment of the year. Literally, the the greatest game that I've I've you personally ever real seen. Hooper you need to be to not know the score.
0: Yeah, I mean, just literally existing in your own world, you you have the confidence to just run that clock
1: out, and that, that's it, and oh, my God. The game went 23 threes. Amazing. Clay Thompson set the record for taking 24 threes, but he also hit 14. What did JR hit, like six? Hold on. He went six for 23 from three oh, that Oh, I, I have no idea. It could have been 10 for 23. All I know is that it was in 2013, and no oh, okay, different different game. 23 threes at the time. Just an absolute
0: king. Literally, like, one of my favorite characters. And and uh, another guy, I'm not surprised he didn't make an all-star team, but I, I thought that he might have some accolades. He definitely won well, a six-man of the year. A lot yeah. of
1: you guys have six men of the year, but I had to leave that off because if you take that off, we're scraping then, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, then you got no one. You really yeah, got no I'm one. I'm saying Chris Duhon and Bino Udre or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, I have my list of contemporaries um, for – For the best hoopers in the NBA, I have twenty five. I tried to actually have twenty (laughs) eight.
1: I tried to. I 10 to do for a hundred and a hundred years of history. (laughs) And in this current moment, in the ten game sample, (laughs) you have twenty eight. And I, I could, I I could, I couldn't cut down. I I had. I had. That's
0: normal. I had 10, and then I was like, fuck, I forgot about this guy. Fuck, I forgot about this guy. And then like, I would forget about like the most obvious ones, like y- the guys that you'll hear uh, I'm saying. But my honorable mentions are three rookies gonna, that I just – Okay, these are the 20. I was going to say, there's honorable mentions on top of the 28. <laughs> 25, 25. So I, these are my three that are the honorable mentions that will get 28. So the honorable mentions are three rookies that I just think are absolutely – I know buckets. one of them.
1: I know one of them. Bones,
0: Hi- Bones Highland. Of course, uh, he's literally like my one of my favorite players to watch ever. Already, he's great just, name, like amazing. Also, his r- real name is Nashon Highland, which is a great Hooper name. And then on top of that, he has a great like nickname with Bones. Like I, I just love that guy. I was ho- hoping that he fell to the Sixers. He was VCU, in the draft, correct? VCU. VCU that's right and now he'll be playing with the uh, a real hooper in Jokic and uh Jamal Murray in Denver for his career. So next I have James Booknight who I just had to give an honorable mention to uh just he's a hooper favorite oh, and I couldn't leave him out. And and then I have Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets who's currently really? in the G League. He's currently in the G League. So No Jalen Green I have him on the list, and he's oh. just not into honorable mentions. So of the rookies, those were the ones that I had to give honorable mentions. They haven't played enough in the NBA for me to really give them their due. They didn't have
1: the minutes qualifier for the hoop. Yeah.
0: Right. Yes. And Cam Thomas, I said this the other day. I think Cam Thomas is the first player that got
1: drafted into the NBA because of ball don't stop. Like, I think, <laughs> I think that – No, you he, know, that was – was um, what's it called? I, oh my god! Now I'm an asshole. I can't think of his Jerome, name. Jerome
0: Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson. Yes. Yep. Jerome Robinson. Yes. Another absolute legend among real hoopers. I knew exactly who you were going to say when, but but this year Cam Thomas just I, I, I to describe it perfectly. There's a uh, Alex Alex Strum who is a Nets writer that I follow on Twitter. He t- he tweeted yesterday. Um, Cam Thomas has 35 points In this G League game And I don't think he played well at all <laughs> You know what that's, that's
1: that's awesome
0: My, I'm just going to run through The entire list And then you can just pick out names That you want to talk about sure. right? So we have 25, we have Jalen Green Had to put him on there as a rookie um, He's the only rookie that was officially included on the list He's just a bucket and a problem Tyrese Maxey Of your Kentucky Wildcats, number 24. Cole Anthony now is in this group because he has just been going on an absolute heater. He just has a real Hooper mindset. He has to be included. let
1: KH hear this.
0: I, I know he is uh, very upset that you guys um, passed on um, Cole Anthony for Aaron Neesmith. I understand. I wanted Maxie Bloody, and Cole because I was so hooper pilled. So.
1: You don't understand how down bad Celtics fans are about uh, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. <laughs> <laughs> we have it's it is it has divided us beyond beyond relief but go on I'd like to hear the more relief. I
0: understand and and I I like Desmond being a lot in that draft and you guys actually drafted I him do too trade.
1: but we also passed over Giannis for Kelly Linux, so we have bigger <laughs> frisk to fry
0: <laughs> so I mean we passed over Giannis twice so uh all right Colin Sexton is number 22. Has to, has to be included. Absolute bucket Ships problem. Man, I like it. Yeah, 100%. Cam Reddish, um, who we touched on before. Uh, right. See, see, Cam Reddish is kind of in that category of like, his game just kind of looks like he's not that good, but his game just
1: looks good. So he has Ooh, to be he's, included. He's uh, well, very well respected by his peers type person. Exactly. seen the video of Anthony Edwards? And Tyrese Maxey was in there too. Yes, when they're like, when they're like, oh, they're like, who who's who's the best player you play against in high school? And then he's like, and then he starts smiling and he's eating the he's eating the M and M's or whatever. And he's like, Cam Reddish gave you forty, and he's like, he gave me sixty. Yeah, no, that's- like, oh yeah, and they're like, oh Cam's cold, Cam's cold. In the in the in the preseason poll in twenty nineteen, when they pulled all the players, who's the coolest rookie? It was Cam Reddish. Do you remember that, Cam? Reddish. Yeah, he said Cam Reddish was the coolest rookie.
0: He's kind of in that Jamal Crawford of. Just being respected by other players, He's especially like guys.
1: Macklemore syndrome. Where yeah. his jump shot is aesthetically pleasing as fuck, and it looks like the most beautiful mechanic shot you've ever seen. It just goes in twenty eight percent of the time. Yeah,
0: exactly. I I think that uh, the fact that he had that big game against the Bucks in the playoffs just because he kind of went on a little bit of a heater put him on the map. He's also as, great in two K, which matters yeah. to people. And he looks like a star. Most importantly, he just like looks <laughs> exactly. like Paul George. Like he looks like he could have that like nine like, long arms. Yeah, exactly. So he 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 will always fall in there. I goddamn! As we're talking, I realize I didn't include Anthony Edwards, which is a sin, and I need oh, to. Now just you got twenty nine because he's on. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, Nate Silver. Oh, the dunk was cool, but he's shooting thirty eight percent this game. Remember <laughs> Nate that, Duncan, Nate the, Duncan. Speaking of the, the Nate peak Duncan. calculator boy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Nate Silver. Nate. Yeah, Nate Duncan. You're right. Um, he's the Nate other Silver is five thirty eight. Who makes Raptor? Correct. He's okay. also he, a
0: calculator boy. He's
1: fine, though. He's cool.
0: Yeah, he he <laughs> He. Uh, he. He. He is the one that started the Raptor war. Um, all right. So we have Kyle Kuzma at number 20. Oh, uh,
1: brother. <laughs> the yeah. It's better than
0: Tatum. Yeah. Well, that graph is amazing. Best player from the 2017 draft. I, ha- I had to include the Kyle. They
1: compare them and they say that he's like a, a, the, the bar and it's like him. His like thing is all the way to the top for shooting and Tatum's is yellow. It's like the it's like the 2K graphic. Yeah, that's the, that's that one has been eating away at my soul for years.
0: Yeah, well, Kyle Kuzma was like an 85 in 2K 2 years ago. Um and he is just he just kind of he, if he was drafted by the Wizards and just played his whole career for the Wizards, no one would care about him. But because he got drafted by the Lakers, he will forever be immortalized in He was also the over. one that they
1: kept in the Anthony Davis. He was the one that they were like, "Look, we want Anthony Davis. We want the ne- we want Kevin Garnett Jr., but you can't have Kuzma. <laughs> I love how people th- reported that, like, oh, they're not giving up
0: Kuzma. They need to keep Kuzma. I'm like, I think Kuzma's they didn't want the one, then- Kuzma. What's that? I think they just didn't want him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, is it entirely possible that the Pelicans are like well, Kuzma's not very good, so you can you can just keep him. It's fine. He's a fine player now, though. I think he's better than than he used to be. Um, when he was like the purest of Hooper, now he's a little bit more like he does role y things. But um, okay, number nineteen, Karis Lavert, just like Lavert is. I, I will never be able to explain Levert, but like every game you watch, you go, wow, that guy like he most impressively will just cross a dude up, leave him in the fucking dust and then just absolutely brick a shot like he oh, no, is these uh,
1: he's very like technically sound
0: incredible. like I used to call him and one Wiggins because he has like almost like. He has the and one mixtape type play to him, but he he's just not a play finisher. Like he can like start a play amazingly, and then he just kind of goes nowhere.
1: Also, he his body the inverse Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, yeah, essentially, he's on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, and he is uh, essentially like his body's falling apart. So I can't really blame him for like whatever's happened in his career. But he's definitely a, a real hooper. Number eighteen, Jordan Clarkson. Number. Okay. Number 17, Jordan Poole. Had to include both of the Jordans there. Sure. Pro- probably both named after um, Michael Jordan. Both better than Mike. <laughs> uh, number 16, Tyler Hero. Okay, the only white guy we'll on this, we'll this entire list, actually. Now we took him a gas. Yes. Hero is Hero it just has the perfect brain, I think. <laughs> like I I've talked about this before, but like Tyler Hero is the kind of player that I want on my team just because he has the memory of a goldfish like he will just (laughs) he will just go out there and like he could miss 40 shots in a row and he's taking the 41st shot I want guys like that on my team
1: if you only watched the Celtics if you didn't watch any other teams you would think that the two best players of all time were Chris Middleton and Tyler Hero
0: (laughs) absolutely 100 it's like Terry Rozier for the Sixers like I had I had a tweet um uh, a, and it was like here's a personification of Terry Rozier versus the rest of the NBA and then Terry Rozier versus the Sixers and he literally scored 34 points on 17 shots against us and in the game before had 6 points on like 20 shots so that he he is the equivalent to Tyler Hero for you guys
1: No, so like yeah it's weird too like Tyler Hero like I don't know what he did to get the respect that he does but I mean like the way that he behaves and shit it's like a it's like a TikTok, like, dude, <laughs> like, you know, like, almost like on a weird level of cultural appropriation, but they also fucking love him. Yeah, no, that's, that's one you, I, I, you I call even, him. MB, NBA Chet Hanks
0: is what like, I call him.
1: Yeah, usually when, like, white dudes, like, act like that, you know, like, people, like, are like, that's not right, or, like, they clown him. Like, he got, like, fucking braids on vacation. He got, like, straight backs like he was Allen Iverson. And then, like... <laughs> But, like, Jimmy Butler and Bam and, like, all them, they're all this, like, oh, yeah, no, like, he's cool. Like, he's a homie. And it's like, Tyler Hero? (laughs) But, I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess so. He went to Kentucky, so I must stand. Yeah. No, no. He he absolutely, for some reason, can
0: get away with it in a way that the majority of players would. If Gordon
1: Gordon Hayward ever
0: goddamn wore his hat backwards, he would be canceled. So Uh, all right, let's move on to, okay. The next player is someone that I, I included him on the list, but I don't really get why he's so beloved by real hoopers is D'Angelo Russell uh, ice in veins. He does have, but and like, he has a little bit of like the Hooper, like spirit because he be of like, the
1: worst high usage player I've ever seen.
0: Right. That's the thing is like, he doesn't really get buckets like that. And like, he's a good passer and a good shooter, but like, he's like a negative athlete. So he can't really do anything with that.
1: I I think it's just because of honestly, that Nets team that was supposed to go nowhere when he was an all-star and they had the bench mob. Like, I just think like that resonates with people a bit like the playboy Cardi meme of them, like dancing on the bench and like him being the catalyst and him being the all-star of the team. Yeah. When they're doing the kid Cuddy dance. Yeah, I think that just kind of like, I don't know, makes people like happy. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that, you know. It, it must he be it, a real Hooper. Like he has the like it's you know the tattoos, the shooting sleeve, like the build. Like he he looks the part. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he might just
0: kind of fall into that looks the the part category more so than like actually is like like he's not a realer Hooper than Anthony Edwards, his teammate, who I should have one hundred percent included.
1: It's okay. He's the zero on here. He's 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 number zero. <laughs> he's above one. I get it. Agent zero.
0: Um. Okay. So then we have uh the next few like these guys are kind of just in like the same category to me. The next two guys is Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine. Um. I think. Okay. That, okay. I, I, I think the thing about Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine to me is like they're both, they both just have like the, like they want to put everything on the line, every fucking game kind of vibe to them. And they get buckets on top of that, which is why they had to be included on here.
1: I mean, Zach Levine too. Like, I don't think enough people give him credit where they still think it's 2015 point guard Zach Levine. That sucked. Like, I don't think people realize that last year he scored 27 a game on 64% true shooting. Like. He was incredibly. He was fitter. doing like that's Kevin Durant level of efficiency.
0: Yeah, and he's
1: playing through injuries right
0: now because he just like wants to win. Like he just, and also he 100 has the look, of an ex- explosive athlete. Both of them are really explosive athletes. Like Donovan and has the longest arms on earth. Who? Donovan has the longest arms on earth. I know he's like six foot, and he has like a seven
1: foot wingspan. Yeah, that's why too. Like you, know, he was six foot one, and I remember when he first came out they. They were marketing him as like 6 foot 3, 6 foot 4, but he was only 6 1 because his arms make him look a lot taller.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. So I he's didn't know but he's yeah.
1: only They remember that was his pro comp? They're like he's playing yep. weight, but he's only 6 feet tall. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what it, uh, and I I watch his game now and he's just like the fact that he's become such like a le, like a lethal pull-up shooter and doesn't monster in the playoffs too. Yeah, absolute monster in the playoffs. I, I do wonder if like the bubble effect and like the fact that like the first we round again match, this
1: year, right? He still like averages a shit ton of points. This, yeah. He was
0: really, really good offensively in the playoffs. And I think that that kind of shit is like, that's hoop brain right there. Like stepping up big in the playoffs like that. Yeah. Has to be considered. I have – okay, so then I have for my next one, I had Brandon Ingram at 12. Brandon Ingram is another guy that just kind of falls into the same category of Absolutely like – Absolutely
1: looks the part too. Looks the part, long arms, shoots That's what like – the neck, like headband.
0: Yep, and played for the Lakers. Like basically if you played for the Lakers in 2016, you're going to be on this list.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's funny too. He's like on 2K, like the guys who play like 2K in the park. Uh, like, you know, the whole meme is like the drippy face scan. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes their 2K character look like Brandon Ingram. Because he he looks cool. He's NBA Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, no, basically. Like, he's like if they were like, the, you know, it's it's like it's like the meme from Jurassic Park. Like they they, you know, they wondered so long if they could that they never wondered if they should. It's like, what if Kevin Durant was skinnier?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if Kevin Durant was even skinnier somehow? Possibly. <laughs> Um yeah, I think Ingram just had to be included because of all the things that, that, that Keto Kevin Durant. What's that? Keto Kevin Durant. <laughs> Keto Kevin Durant. He might he might have to be classified as that. A, he he has proven to be I, I we need to free him from New Orleans so that he can be uh, Ooh, he was an all star. Yeah, he's a good I mean he's a very good player i I just think that he he tends to get a, a little bit overrated by real hooper types and might be a little bit underrated by calculator boy standards
1: I, I just think him and him and Zion just kind of like they they almost need their own team because he loves them he actually really likes to like hold the ball yeah and I think I think Zion could be on like if he ever you know if he gets to weight down in place I actually think Zion would be better as an on-ball guy you know like he's a his he decent instincts yeah, I no. Like I mean, he was point long eye long on long. last year. Look, I don't think easy. any of them liked each other for that reason. Yeah, yeah, no. It makes a lot of sense. All right.
0: So then the next few I have are Bradley Beal, who oh, wants yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on. We talked about it earlier. He gets like thirty points a game. Like he's he's got to be included. Um, Lamelo Ball. He See, is amazing to
1: watch. Like he's breathtaking.
0: That's the thing is that he captures the like he does. The circus pass shit, like the when when ball don't stop says that pass and shit comes really easy to a pure Hooper like this. That's Lamelo Ball.
1: No, but like Lamelo Ball, like that really might like that really is at like the level of like it's like a it's like he has like command of my eyeballs. Like, that's why I, I need to rewatch Hornets games like four times because I've watched the I watched the Hornets game where the Celtics beat them like five times because I was like okay this time I'm not gonna ball watch. And then I Lamelo Ball watch. It's
0: um, it's impossible to not watch him. Like he's become mm-hmm. probably the most unconscious player in the NBA. Just like he's pulling up from thirty every time, and it it doesn't matter. He he one hundred percent embodies what we're talking about. When we no,
1: he's about like it's like uh, it's like art. Yeah,
0: it re- and and that's. I mean, I said it before. I think he's eventually, once he, once he kind of fine-tunes his game in the next few years, he's going to clearly be like a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, I mm-hmm. just, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I see it. Um, I have no, okay. no argument. So we have – now we have – we're up to nine, by the way. We have uh, – I
1: have Kemba Walker. I actually have a pair of Knicks. <laughs> Kemba I, Walker, you know, where was he on January 6, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> Don't Wait, shut on me
0: did he did he wear some don't tread on me shit buddy you don't remember this
1: i vi- you know how many things happen in a day oh um, i went i went i went nuclear on that one so the uh first of all he did miss the game on the insurrection day but no one thought anything of the time he was hurt but he missed that yeah because we were then, all worried about yes, Gordon Hayward's way, we played the wizards yeah. and um before the game he wore an out he wore a jacket that said, Don't tread on me before the before the game. Yeah. And then so uh, everyone was like, What the hell is Kemba wearing? Like, and then I was just like, Hey, like, you know, Kemba's really proud of himself. He's just a very proud boy. And then <laughs> after the game, so Kemba scored, like, Kemba had a good game that game. And after the game, I was like, uh, Kemba Walker never misses a chance to light up our nation's capital. <laughs> and then we Celtics. We, we, I don't know if anyone else even paid attention because it was a play-in game against Washington, but we were having a blast with this. About and then the Camber ended up saying that he was like, I just thought it was a cool jacket. I don't follow politics, it's, and I'm like, it's sure,
0: literally, like, it's literally the James Harden thing. James Harden said the same exact thing, which was, I
1: mean, sure, why would a you know some I, I would, you know, it's it's honestly silly that some people are actually like. Oh, Kemba's a MAGA far right. I'm like, yes, you're the 30-year-old black man from New York is MAGA. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's honestly you're being a dickhead for action for if you're really insinuating that, you're being a, a very insensitive person yeah it's fun to make jokes about
0: yeah of course yeah i mean and like i said there's so much shit that happens on the internet every single day that i cannot they're not
1: logged in with us either like james harden is like when remember young thug was like he He doesn't have the internet he's not he doesn't have the internet and it's like (laughs) yeah james harden is like having sex with strippers and drinking like he's not on twitter (sighs) what a king
0: i mean i just am so envious that there are people that are not on twitter like they have
1: better shit to do
0: I, I, can't even, I can't even imagine that to be honest it's 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 kind of sad but um oh God, well I guess that's the only reason people listen to this fucking podcast so um all right another Nick who just this is a lifetime honorary hooper uh Derek Rose I don't want to talk about him or who he
1: is as a person um sure yeah. Um, number seven. I, yeah, I agree with him being like he should be on the list, but I, like I don't want to give him any real problems. begrudgingly. Um, okay, number seven is John ja Morant.
0: Oh yes, of Demi- of Demetrius. Of course, man. I had him actually top three until I realized that I left out like. Two of the greatest hoopers of all time.
1: No, he's he's incredible. Like the 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 ability, like the willingness to posterize, knowing that it's not going to go in, but just wanting it is Hooper. A
0: hundred percent. I mean, he reminds me the most of Iverson since Iverson
1: for sure. If Iverson had a seventy-inch vertical.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Iverson was insanely athletic, but just the,
1: the well, he the, was. But you know what you mean, like different, like not the... yeah, yeah the, the approach the, to the oh, game. Yeah, for sure. Like the yeah, way he. Yeah, like the way he like spreads his legs and like his like just like you know like he'll like spread his legs and just like glide his ass over someone's head, <laughs> like it's amazing,
0: dude. Like his objective every game is to kill a person, and I think that is the awesome. most you can't thing you, can do.
1: you can't leave out when they asked him like what motivated him to be a hooper, and he said his father was his first hater. <laughs>
0: That's such a bar, dude. Damn, I've never even I, – I honestly forgot the the, the quote, but it, it's it's truly uh, absolute bar. Um, okay, so now we're on our top six. Yep. Most of these guys are going to be like I just couldn't not put them. Um, mm-hmm. So number six is Dame. Dame just aesthetically very pleasing game to watch. Pull-up threes, crisp handle. All right.
1: He, I'm not the biggest fan, but all right.
0: I don't know. So so, so some people say that they don't really like watching
1: Dame. The, I, honestly, my reasons for not loving him are not Hooper related. It's always been more of a the fact that, you know, because he has – you know, those two extremely iconic shots. People are like, oh, he's our generation's playoff killer. And it's like he largely stinks in the playoffs. Actually. I know. That's the he, thing. And then Is- James Harden gets the choker label. I'm like, James Harden puts up generational numbers in the playoffs but loses to the Warriors. Dame has two iconic shots and a largely stinky body of work.
0: He got swept by the Warriors. The one series was – he's been very bad know, in the playoffs. A, Disney, the a- Disney had them in hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know that's the narrative is that I, I said this at the time of the James Harden trade because I said I there were a lot of Sixers fans that were kind of echoing the same sentiments. And I said, would you say that Dame or Harden are better in the playoffs? And if you look at their numbers and you look at the competition that they've gone up against and how they fared against them, it's not even close. Harden's yes, actually- that
1: 27-missed three-point game, that is just like the one of those games where if you played it 100 times out of 100, they hit four of them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like that's one in a billion variants that you really can't use too much against him cuz going over 27 from 3 is impossible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that will be a stain on his legacy for no reason.
1: I always thought it was more of a stain on Mori Ball than anything. Yeah,
0: that's true. I that, that's true, but also what player embodied Mori
1: Ball more than James Harden? Uh <laughs> Al Farouk Aminu. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm 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 here for the top five. Okay, top five.
0: We have Trey Young five. Yep, just, we've already talked about it. Yep, Devin Booker four. The Kentucky legend. I'm. Um, I love that. I honestly thought that I was gonna have him higher, but like, cause like he just has the Kobe look to him, like the the way that he plays and like master in the mid range and like people like tough shot maker. Like I felt like I was gonna, but I had to include for the top three is Kevin Durant. yep, Kyrie Irving yep. and Carmelo Anthony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carmelo <laughs> Anthony gets the, the lifetime achievement award. He
0: is a, he is the embodiment of this entire conversation.
1: It's the headband, the threes to the head, the, you know, get that shit out of here. Like when the rebounds like, everything about him like and also just you i feel like hoopers need to be cool you want to talk yes. about a guy who was cool he had a chokehold on us you know what i mean yeah absolutely like, yeah, i mean i mean from the time he was on fucking ned's declassified <laughs> <laughs> like, a j- cultural was, icon also no. denver, the baby blue denver nuggets thing that went fucking platinum like, you want to talk about an all-time selling jersey? The baby blue Nuggets Mellow jersey. I've seen that more than I've seen Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron combined. It's absolutely iconic. It's, and it's
0: fresh, too. And like, the thing it's, about it's Mellow, fresh. and maybe this is why I included Dame in that part of the conversation, is like when he was out of the league and all all the players were talking about how they wanted Mellow back. And Dame kind of spearheaded that, brought him back to the Blazers, him and CJ. And... I feel like that is like – you have to put that – that's the feather in the cap of the Hooper resume. Like you back, you backed Melo, you got him back into the league, and he's proven to become like a pretty decent bench stretch four
1: or whatever he is Would now. you say that because of the baby blue jersey that if you back Melo that you back the blue? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a, you want to do your ad now. I told
1: you three hours ago that I was going to work that in. <laughs> oh my god! All right, no, but Melo, like I think the ultimate thing that speaks to him is that you know he's from the draft class of LeBron and Wade. He's from the same generation as LeBron and Wade and Durant and all these guys. He played with Kobe. He played with T Mac. He played with Iverson. He's played with all these guys, and it's like he's not an afterthought. Nope. Like the guys love him, the guys want to be him. Like he's he's stayed culturally he's stayed culturally relevant in a league that changes every single day, in a game that made his play style outdated, he's still probably one of the most Google searched NBA players, probably one of the highest draws. Yeah, every year he still gets All-Star votes. <laughs> I've always said that to be a superstar in the NBA, it goes above play to be a superstar you need to be a very good player and you also need to be like i always did it like the test like does my aunt know who you are right like like my aunt right like she doesn't fuck, she's never heard of nikola Jokic, and like he's a great player the mvp i love nikola Jokic. top three in the league but i mean like you talk about like superstar it's like oh yeah like you know like my my grandmother or something would be like hey that's lebron james She'd be like – she might not know him, but she knows who Carmelo Anthony is. Of course. Yeah, no, that that is a good litmus test.
0: It's always the thing that I use for musicians as well. It's yeah. just like, does your aunt know them? Does your mom know them? Does – you know, like that? that is really like – Melo is one of the most famous basketball players of all time and is still a living legend and is still putting up buckets and, and could possibly win sixth man of the year at like 40 years old.
1: <laughs> I, I would love to point out too that – Every single day, um, people we, we lose more brain cells of the consciousness when some jackass gets on the internet and asks, are we sure Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, the ninth all-time leading scorer is a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. yeah.
0: like it's not even a question in my mind, especially you know, considering he's the, he's, Olympic, the- he's the
1: best Olympic American basketball athlete of all time.
0: Yeah, he's unbelievable. He should I be mean- in for the ring at Syracuse. I got into an argument with someone the other day about Carmelo Anthony, and I was like, regardless of what you want to say about him, he was a top 10 player for an extended period of time and
1: needs to be respected. I mean, he's first. Like, Not only is he getting in, it's it's first ballot. He could – if on the right year, he could headline the class. 100%. Totally,
0: totally agree. All right. We've been going at this for <laughs> almost two and a half hours now. I appreciate you coming on, dude. I appreciate Absolutely. you taking the time. I had a great time talking hoops with you and uh, definitely have to have you on again in the future, bud.
1: I would love to. I I, I can't wait to stop this podcast and just continue this conversation on with myself.
0: <laughs> Peace, bud.
1: See ya.